call this your immune timeline. It's essentially a timeline of what created you. Because if you think about it, your immune system is not something that is just happening in this moment. It starts from the day you're born. Welcome to the Your Longevity Blueprint Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Gray. My number one goal with the show is to help you discover your personalized plan to build your dream health and live a longer, happier, truly healthier life. You're about to hear from Thomas Pennell. My patients have been asking me what they should take for immune boosting and how they can keep their kids from getting sick this back to school season. So I decided to devote an entire episode to immune health. Let's get started. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Your Longevity Blueprint podcast. Today, I've decided to bring back Thomas Pennell, who I interviewed on episodes 108 and 109, where we discussed why micronutrients are important, why we need to supplement, and ultimately learned what makes a good supplement. I highly encourage you to go back and listen to those episodes. There's going to be minor overlap with today's content, I'm sure, but today is specifically all about immune health and what supplements we should be taking to boost immunity. So let me read his bio here before we get started. Thomas Pennell is an account executive who has worked in the supplement and nutrition space for a company called Orthomolecular Products. After receiving a degree in integrated biology from the University of Illinois, a little health scare with his now fiance gave him his first interaction with functional medicine. After seeing firsthand how functional medicine impacted her life, this drove him to seek out professional nutrition companies for the opportunity to work with providers and help shape patient care. He's worked with over a thousand clinics across the Midwest, including ours, which really includes practitioners, clinics, and pharmacies. He's previously worked with practices across Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania, and now resides in Iowa, where he currently works with over 400 active practices. He uses this experience to help providers consult and bring functional medicine to their patients with a strong focus on improving clinical outcomes. So welcome back to the show again, Thomas. This is great. It feels like I was just here. <laughs> you were literally not. I know. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> So as mentioned, today is all about immunity, and I want to get to immune-supportive products, but I think we better briefly start discussing why purchasing supplements from professional channels is so important. And obviously, we did an entire episode on this. Before we get to the supplements, talk about why quality of supplements is so important and why purchasing from the professional channel is key. I encourage, like you said, anyone who wants to take the really deep dive into kind of who we are, who I am, and what we do as a company and why you've chosen to partner with us. If you really want that deep dive, there's a good 45-minute first part <laughs> and another 45-minute second part that really gets kind of in the nitty-gritty. But I, I think that this is an area, if we talk about the immune system, which is what this episode is, is primarily going to be focused about, if we talk about the immune system, there's obviously something really major that happened in the last couple of years here that got people's interest perked and, and excitingly perked towards their own health. It's not only a really good thing, right? We get really excited in the supplement space. And obviously as practitioners, you get really excited um, that people are really starting to take a good investment in their own personal health. But with that, it also brings around, I like to put this in air quotes, kind of brings around some of those bad players, right? So if you want to talk about, like I said, how nitty gritty you can get on that, there's a really good episode about it <laughs> recently. But the main focus and the reason that we're why we're talking about professional nutrition is that People are looking for this stuff now more than they ever have been. So there's a lot of companies that have been working for a very long time or even just recently popped up who either had their supply chain shortened or kind of squeezed tightly because certain raw materials became in such high demand that they weren't available. Um, or there's these, companies, there's these companies that popped up that didn't or haven't and aren't putting in any of the quality measures that we put in to kind of step in and say, hey, are we making the highest quality product for patients to be taking? Right. So what I'm talking about, a good example I like to use is something like elderberry. 
right? So elderberry is a raw material that we're probably going to dig into uh, in a little bit here, but elderberry is a raw material that's used for our immune system. And what it does is it's able to boost some of our CD4, CD8 cell counts. In addition to that also helps inhibit viruses, which is fantastic. But the elderberry itself, it's an actual berry. It's a berry that's grown on a tree, right? It's grown on a plant. And that plant, you can't just create more plants out of thin air, right? So as people are starting to take more elderberry, right? They want to boost their immune system, give their immune system the best fighting chance. That supply chain shortened incredibly, right? That was one that we had significant challenges with getting. And for a long time, there was a product that we weren't able to carry that kind of features and stars elderberry, right? So if you look at, there's a lot of companies who are saying, hey, I want to make this stuff. They're either using some form of elderberry that's got stuff added to it. So the actual amount of elderberry that's in there is not necessarily the amount that we need or want, where you start to wonder what else is in that raw material, right? What else is in that product? What else are they adding? And this is true for vitamin D. It's true for vitamin C. It's true for zinc. It's true for pretty much anything that we're going to talk about. Elderberry is just a really good example um, that we like to use. So what I'm getting at is that if you're a patient who's ever been interested in immune system health or taking something for immune system, this is probably the most important time ever to seek out professional nutrition. Because if we're not doing professional nutrition at this point, we're really, I hate to say it, kind of rolling the dice to see what's left or what companies kind of stepped up and, and just made products to make products, essentially, is what I'm getting at. So I didn't really think about the supply chain issues in this business. I mean, we have supply chain issues with other aspects of the, our care at the clinic, but I didn't really think about that impacting the supply chain of nutraceuticals, but I guess it makes <laughs> sense. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. So with orthomolecular, which I read in your bio, that's who you work for, right? That's who we get many of our products from. They really focus on a couple different aspects when we think of quality. So one, I think of sourcing. Can you just briefly mention where you guys source your products from, What, how you stand out in that department? Yeah. So a good example actually is still elderberry, right? Because a lot of the elderberry that's grown um, is in a lot of parts of the world where maybe we start introducing certain toxins, right? Because if you think about it, if I grow... We'll just stick with elderberry. If I grow elderberry in a very clean area where there's not a lot of environmental issues, we're talking about factories or plants or runoffs or whatever it may be, it's going to be unlikely that the end product, that actual berry that's produced, the plant will have absorbed any of that, right? But instead, if I grew that elderberry in a place like China or some of these other countries where you can get it relatively inexpensive, which is what a lot of companies do, there's obviously higher amounts of pollutants. There's higher amounts of runoff. There's higher amounts of these things that we don't want to end up in a berry because what are we going to do with that berry? Because we're going to take that extract and we're going to concentrate it as much as possible or not, depending on what the company is doing, but concentrate it as much as we possibly can so we can get specific compounds in there that we know are going to boost our immune system. Right. So there's obviously there's an entire world, right, that we can choose, you know, where our supplements are coming from. But that's one really good example of where we do that. And if that's not available to us, we're kind of company who will wait. I think we talked about that in the last episode. And, and, you know, it actually it did affect us with the product I'm referring to that has elderberry in it. But we'll wait. That product went on back order for quite some time. And we had essentially what was functioning as a waiting list for it (laughs) because we don't sacrifice. We don't wait. There's nothing that's forcing a company to continue to use the same raw material or to basically sit around and say like we do, hey, we're going to wait until we know that we're getting something that's safe and effective. Pretty much any company that's looking to make money off of this is going to say, hey, let's get something in our hands as quick as possible so we get that product made as quick as possible. Right. So a lot of places we choose to source from will be things like the U.S., We look in the U.S. um, for a lot of different things because of the really high quality companies here that make a lot of different raw materials. Um, One of them that we talk about is actually made here in Iowa, which is great. (laughs) Um, We look in Europe a lot. There's a lot of really great companies in Germany and France and Spain that spend a lot of money and a lot of time and effort testing and producing really high quality raw materials because their regulations are just a little bit different. So they have to do that if it's going for human consumption, which is awesome. 
So we spend a lot of time looking for raw materials where either A, the studies were done, we know that it's a clean area, it's a clean environment, or that we know that these companies are places that we can trust. And oftentimes it's it's kind of that China last, which we talked about. Yeah. So you're sourcing appropriately. <laughs> you're essentially sacrificing sales waiting to make sure your product's not compromised. And then once you get those materials in, talk about the testing that Orthomocular does on the products that arrive in your, you know, warehouse whatnot. The testing, I um, kind of embarrassingly get a little excited about it. I get kind of nerdy and excited about it. But um, basically, whenever we get a raw material, it doesn't matter what the raw material is. It could be ascorbic acid. It could be vitamin D. It could be elderberry. It doesn't matter. Anything that we're talking about, this is true for. So when that product comes to us, we do have a list of vendors that we know are approved based on either previous relationships with them, or we know that they're testing raw, uh, high quality raw materials. We sometimes will physically go out and uh, tour the actually audit some of those companies as well on our end to make sure that what they're sending us is what actually tests on our end. So there's a lot that goes into a raw material before it even shows up at our door, which is really cool. <laughs> Once a really long, essentially cylinder, metal cylinder that we stick through, otherwise it's a sample all the way through that raw material. So what we do then is they go straight into our lab and we actually have the second biggest lab in the US for testing raw materials, which is really exciting. And then we take that and we take that raw material and we, we mix it together and we test everything, right? So we're testing for the presence of heavy metals. We're testing for the presence. I've seen them. They'll actually spread it out in little auger plates. They're actually testing to see what organisms grow, if it's potentially contaminated with anything. We actually take that and that raw material will perform thinner chromatography, mass spectrometry. We're actually shooting things at this that will bounce back and tell us, hey, at the chemical electron level, what is that? What are we looking at, right? Because you and I, elderberry, it's purple powder. If you and I were looking at it, we wouldn't be able to tell the difference between an alterated elderberry or something else. So you have to do this type of testing. But the really interesting thing, and it's, it's kind of unfortunate, is that nothing really tells a supplement company that they have to do this. Right. There are a lot of ways that some companies and they should that some companies can just pop up and just start making things. But this is something that we pride ourselves on because we always talk about profits over patients. We're a company that focuses on patients because we work with licensed healthcare exclusive or licensed healthcare providers. We're exclusive to them. We have an expectation for ourselves that when you guys are trusting us to work with your patients, which is who is listening to this podcast, right? When you trust us to create products for your patients, that it's going to have a guaranteed basically quality and expectation for yourself as well. So we hold ourselves to a higher standard because we have to, right? If we want to continue to operate in this space, we have to. And that's what we're talking about when I'm mentioning, you know, you should get supplements from a professional channel, right? Someone who really only will just say sells or distributes to licensed clinician offices, right? Doctors who know what they're doing, who have been educated on how to, you know, recommend these products. So great. Good summary here. Let's move on to what lays a healthy immune foundation. I know we kind of started talking about this before we started recording. I mean, that ultimately starts in the womb, right? I mean, what's the health of the mother? So talk about that and then we'll go on to some foundational products. Yeah. So we call this your immune timeline. A lot of functional providers I work with have probably have heard this term before, your immune timeline. It's essentially a timeline of what created you, right? Because if you think about it, your immune system is not something that is just happening in this moment. It's not my immune system right now. Today, it's four o'clock. It's not my immune system today at four o'clock. It's my immune system as it's grown with me over the last 20 something years, right? So this immune system, it, it starts from the day you're born where you see section right? Where you vaginal delivery that affects your microbiome. It affects the way that your immune system begins to develop literally from the day you were born. Right. And then you add in some other factors. You know, when was the first time you took an antibiotic? I know I drank that. It was the little bubble gum pink liquid a couple of times when I got ear infections and a couple other things. I was pretty young. 
So how often are we disrupting our microbiome and from what early age are we starting to do that? Were you breastfed? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Even yeah, quick, yeah. Were you breastfed? Did yeah. you play outside? Did you roll around in the mud as a kid? Were you exposed to certain, not necessarily pathogens, but were you kind of testing your immune system? Were you putting your immune system in a test as you're spending time outside? Did you spend a lot of time with other kids? And it's obviously affecting kids who are maybe inside more than they have been for the last couple of years. So you add that up and then you get, you know, in your teenage years, when was the first time that you're put on a prescription medication? Pretty much of any kind, because we'll talk about that. Prescription medications can affect your metabolic reserves, right? Which we spent a lot of time talking about the last episode, but prescription medications from a depletion standpoint can affect your metabolic reserves and your metabolic reserves is basically how much do I have in my gas tank? So the more medications we take, potentially, right, the more medications we take, the more we can kind of deplete that gas tank. And as we get challenges with our immune system, that can affect how our body responds. And the more of these immune reactions we have, the more inflammatory reactions we have, the worse off our immune system ultimately ends up being. Think in your 20s, what kind of stresses are you experiencing? What kind of physiological stresses are you experiencing chronic disease yet? Is that happening in your 30s? Is that happening in your 40s? So basically... The longer we go, you can basically put a little, if you think about like a whole timeline or a whole road, how many little markers can we put along and and take a snapshot and say, well, what happened here? What was happening here? And how did that affect the next step? Because that makes a complete and total person. It's not just me talking to you right now at four o'clock. It's what happened over the last 26 years that's leading to how how I'm functioning today. Totally. Good point. And some of us were more set up for success than others. Like, you know, we can't control if we were breastfed or if we were C-section or if our parents let us play in the dirt or took us to a chiropractor or whatnot. So the good news is, if you unfortunately weren't set up for success, there are still things we can do to boost immunity. And I think that probably starts with nutrition. And this episode is not necessarily on nutrition, but I mean, you certainly could comment on that just briefly. And then we'll get to immune products. So do you want to comment a little bit on how important nutrition is for the immune system? Kind of already alluded to it, saying you want to have gas in your tank. Lifestyle step one. Right. If we talk about, you know, what we're doing from a nutritional or talking about from a functional perspective, lifestyle is step one. We'll talk about how the gut plays a role with all that. But if we talk about our immune timeline, if you think about it, people always say, if you go outside and it's rainy and it's cold, you're going to get sick. Well, what's happening with that, right? Are you being exposed to pathogens in the rain? Maybe. But what you're doing is basically (laughs) your body is being stressed. How healthy you were going into that event, I'm putting healthy in quotes, right? Healthy you were, how physically or physiologically resilient your body was going into that event is going to determine how you come out of it. So obviously, like you said, there's some things that we don't have control over, right? I was an emergency C-section as a baby. No one had an uh, option in that. I had to come out, right? <laughs> but if we talk about, you know, how I was you know, given antibiotics, I didn't have a choice in that either. That's something that was, you know, was a decision that was made because my health was obviously at, at risk and it was something we needed to do, right? So there's a lot of things that we don't get an option over. And obviously that's led to the scenario where I'm at now. And I've got horrible allergies and some other things where my immune system is being tested daily. <laughs> But what we can do is exactly what you're saying is focus on the nutritional aspect, focus on the lifestyle changes, because there is stuff we can do. It's not a lost cause. We can build up our metabolic reserves to make sure that our resiliency is as good as possible, as possibly as we can get it. Heck yeah. Well, let's get to the good stuff. So patients are always asking me just, you know, what do I take? What do I take to not get sick? Or when I get sick, what do I take to lessen the duration of that illness, whatnot? And so I want this episode, I want listeners to come out of this episode knowing kind of what supplements exist. And we have mentioned a lot of these on other episodes, but we're going to just put them all in one episode, one-stop shop here. So one of my favorite products that we carry, right, is mitochondrial complex. That really is a comprehensive multivitamin with antioxidants, helps fuel our mitochondria, give us great energy, but it also helps support our immune system. So I'm going to give the mic back to you and let you kind of talk about that. And if you agree with me that that is kind of part of this, you know, foundational nutrition for the immune system. 
Oh, it's my favorite too. If we talk about why there's going to be a lot of overlap, I was thinking about this before we started recording this episode and, and digging through some literature that I have. Um, the reason that there's a lot of overlap is foundation and nutrition is really a good starting point for your immune system. Because if you think about it, that foundation for anything is where we build the rest of the house on. And like I said, with our immune timeline, there's things that we can't control, but we can't control how good our foundation is, how good everything else that we're building on top of that can be, right? So that's why we want to start with a good product like mitochondrial complex. So mitochondrial complex at face value, when you just look at it, looks a lot like a multivitamin, right? We spend a really good time digging into why that is. But the analogy I use and kind of the reason we want to do this is we're trying to fuel mitochondria. That's why we call it mitochondrial complex. But if we look at our body, and I was, I think I joked even on that last episode, I was a bio major. Again, I get a little nerdy here, but I was a bio major. So if you look at that single cell diagram, you always see the one little mitochondria and the one little endoplasmic reticulum and the one little everything, right? Your mitochondria and concentration are anywhere from 500 to 2000, depending on the cell. So depending on the cell that's in your body, there are potentially thousands of mitochondria in each individual cell that are producing ATP for your systems. And when these mitochondrion suffer, now our foundation suffers because ATP, that little energy molecule, is what our body uses to fuel everything that it's doing from a biological perspective. So if we are not able to optimally create ATP at the starting point, then we're going to have problems at the finish line. So as our body's looking for energy to create, if we're looking for energy to use, it's just not going to be there. It just isn't going to happen. So the reason we want to supplement with mitochondrial complex is we want to give those mitochondria a fighting chance. We want to give those mitochondria all of the micronutrients that they could possibly need to keep themselves built and keep themselves healthy and happy, right? So the analogy I use, which I say all the time, it's super cheesy, but I love it, is it's like we're building a car, right? Is that all of the micronutrients that are in there from the vitamin A, the vitamin B, C, D, E, everything that goes down those lists, right? All the Bs that are in there. What they are is essentially like the glass and the, and the metal frame and the rubber and the plastic and everything that we need to build this car. Because before we even put an engine in there, before we even think about sitting in the driver's seat and going somewhere, <laughs> is we need a car for this to actually function. So we need to use all these micronutrients to make sure that the mitochondria have all of the building blocks that they could possibly need to build themselves and maintain themselves. And then from there, we want to make sure that we're putting good, clean fuel in there and that we're cleaning it up as it comes out with a good carburetor, right? So when we put that fuel in there, that's like using things like acetylcarnitine, alpha-lipoic acid, and acetylcysteine. The reason we do that, we call those the power trio. That's kind of our marketing term for it, put that in air quotes. <laughs> but essentially what it is, those three work together to maximize mitochondrial input and output. And the way that they do that is acetyl-L-carnitine. I'm sure if you look up some of these workout supplements, sometimes you'll see L-carnitine, right? L-carnitine, what it does, the reason people like it is it helps draw free fatty acids, which are basically fuel sources. It's like the coal or the gas or whatever it may be, helps draw those into the mitochondria, helps draw them across that mitochondrial membrane. And when they do that, they become more available to the mitochondria. When the mitochondria become damaged, they have a harder time getting those in there. They have a harder time putting the gas in the gas tank, essentially. So what we're trying to do with the acetylcarnitine is draw more of those free fatty acids into the mitochondria so we can start burning them quicker. And when we start burning them quicker, this is like we're pressing on the gas, right? We're putting our foot down, we're pressing on the gas and getting that car moving. But we want to make sure that when we're pressing on the gas, we're not exposing ourselves to the toxic fumes that come out of that car, right? Because that's not good. We want to make sure that we're cleaning those up. And we can do that in our body as well because those mitochondria as awesome as they are, right? They create their own toxic fumes, which are essentially at the cellular level, it's oxidative stress. It's free radicals. And when they do that, they can cause other damage. And free radicals are essentially these unbound electrons, the little electrons at the chemical level that float around. And when they hit things, they can cause problems and they cause damage and they oxidize and they cause oxidative stress. What we can do to prevent that is antioxidants. So the antioxidants, they basically deoxidize 
the oxidative stress, if you want to think about it that way, right? So N-acetylcysteine, which I know we're going to talk about quite a bit, it's a precursor to glutathione. Glutathione is the master antioxidant found in our body, which is used at the cellular level in very, very complex ways, but it's used to help reduce oxidative stress to a very high capacity. It's very, very, very effective at doing that. And the reason that we're doing that is we want to help include all these antioxidants. So when the mitochondria make oxidative stress, they're not hurting themselves. They're not hurting themselves and they're not hurting themselves. They basically stay happy and stay healthy. So they can keep making more ATP. And we also include things in there like transversveritrol, which is the potent antioxidant found in red wine, EGCG, uh, sulforaphane coming from broccoli seed extract. All of these are potent antioxidants where they activate things in our cells that help the body create more antioxidants naturally. So what we're doing in summary is basically building, I think we talked about an Escalade, right? Building a nice big Escalade that we're all going to jump in and, and go for a ride. And then we want to make sure that we're including all of the high quality gas. We're getting you know a nice driver in there, making sure things are going properly. And then we're cleaning up everything coming out of that car. So that's essentially how mitochondrial complex works. And the way it helps boost our immune system is when we're able to help these mitochondria, where does every system in our body draw its energy from? Mitochondria, right? So when these mitochondria are functioning properly, our immune system functions properly as well. That's why this is one product I don't go a day without taking. I literally am obsessed with this product. I just feel like mentally too, I'm more on fire when I'm taking it. I'm sharper, quicker. I just can function better. I mean, literally. So I know many providers, I've heard them say, you know, if there's one product my patients could take, it would be vitamin D. But I just disagree because we're going to get to vitamin D next. I would say mitochondrial complex because it includes so much. I mean, you just rattle off so many different ingredients in there. I'll say it's not the cheapest product that we carry, right? But if you would add up the cost of all those individual ingredients, it would be way more costly than oh, yeah. you know the, the price of mitochondrial complex. So I think it's a steal for what you get in those capsules. So I totally agree. I think it's obviously clearly one of both of our favorite products, which helps us lay that nutritional foundation. Next, however, I would say could be vitamin D So it, because it doesn't have a ton of vitamin D in it. And I think that's for a reason and that many of my patients need different dosages of vitamin D. So I really like to personalize that dosage. So let's move on to vitamin D and how important that is to our immune system. Yeah. So if if you're not familiar with vitamin D, I'd be surprised, right? If you're listening to this, and you're like, what's vitamin D? I've never heard of vitamin D before. <laughs> vitamin D is one of those that very quickly came to the forefront where people were saying, hey, what's something very basic that I can start taking today that's going to boost my immune system? It's vitamin D. And vitamin D, as most of us know or may not know, is something that our body actually naturally will get. When we go outside and we expose our skin to UV radiation, our body will actually create its own vitamin D, create colcalciferol which is what our body is going to use in its skin to absorb and then raise our, uh, it's called 25-hydroxy-D is what you guys are looking for, one of the uh, metabolites of vitamin D, but helps raise the serum levels of vitamin D inside of our system. And the reason that we need vitamin D is vitamin D, a lot of people look at more of a hormone than actually as a vitamin, because the way that it functions in the body, it actually activates over 1,700 different genes. And these genes are actually involved with I mean, it's immune signaling, it's neurotransmitter production, it's a lot of different things, right? Vitamin D is foundational. If we don't have optimal vitamin D levels, a lot of other systems will suffer, not just our immune system, right? And there's a lot of things that can actually hurt our body's ability to create vitamin D. And the big one that's glaring <laughs> that, you know, we experience because we live in Iowa, and we talked about this last time, is in, unfortunately, about a month, uh, you and I are going to basically go into hibernation for the next three or four years, or not years, three or four months. <laughs> months. <right? laughs> 
hopefully not yours. <laughs> I'd like to see you get back here, right? Yeah. Um, no, but basically what happens is, is the sun, I mean, even if we're spending all day outside, the sun is just not at a very good angle. It's that 38th parallel is actually the parallel. If you guys are curious where, where it kind of cuts off that 38th parallel that cuts through the U S if you're below that, you're going to be able to get vitamin D or you'll be able to get some more UV radiation throughout the year. If you're above that, which more, I think it's about three quarters of the US is, you're going to have a really tough time, even if the weather is warmer, creating enough natural vitamin D being out year round. So vitamin D levels, I hear this, and maybe you can speak on this more, but you know, testing this and looking at this year round, it does drop for a lot of patients or patients are coming in in springtime, have really low vitamin D levels, or I should say suboptimal, not necessarily really low, but not where we want them to be. I, I totally agree. I'm, and that's why I try to boost patients, obviously through that time, but through the summer and heading into fall, we try to get levels 80, 90, very high, right? To help sustain them when they're not getting that sunlight and these, you know, dark Iowa winters, whatnot, with northern latitude, right? Through the winter so that they're not, you know, come March, they're not just super low. So I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I work with some providers who have, have talked about vitamin D levels with seasonal affective disorder and some other conditions mm-hmm. um, that they look at, saying that, you know, obviously we're not treating some of these disease states with just straight vitamin D supplementation, but having higher levels of vitamin D has pretty correlation with reduced outcomes with some of these disease states. So, yeah, super easy. It's super easy to supplement with. It's super easy to get. It's relatively inexpensive. Um, but it's one of those that, as we talked about professional channel, this is one of those that's there's a cheap source and, <laughs> and there's a, you know, obviously a higher quality source. And a lot of companies want that in the market because it's super in demand, super in demand. Yep. Yep. And I don't even think that the higher quality necessarily costs more than that. Like I think our vitamin D is very reasonably priced. Like I, there's, there's just no question yet. I want to go back and comment on one thing you said though. So I will say like the, what, from what I've seen, large epidemiological studies have shown if your vitamin D is over 50, your rate for pretty much all chronic disease rapidly declines. So you at least want to get it above 50. Now, for some autoimmune conditions, you got to, you know, you want to get it or cancer over, you know, 80, whatnot. But 50 to 80, most providers say is is goal. And so for many people, if we're testing their levels and they are in the 20s, 30s, they're really low. I've seen as low as four and nine and 11 and whatnot. We may boost them with the high dose pack. So they'll take 50,000 IUs three times a week for five weeks. It's only 20 bucks to get the high dose pack, right? It's not synthetic. It's a real deal, D3. On average, I find that boosts my patient's levels about 25 points. So if they're starting at 20, maybe we'll get them up to 45 and then we'll put them on 5,000 IUs per day. So 1,000, 2,000, rarely, rarely have I ever seen cut it, except in children. But in adults, it's just not enough. Now, the caveat to that and the concern many patients have is kidney stones. So we have a kind of solution to that as well. So many times we're recommending patients take vitamin D with K2 uh, to help prevent that. Do you want to expand on that real quickly, how important K2 is? Yeah, vitamin K2 is awesome. So K2 does a couple different things that I don't think we're going to spend too long talking about right now as it relates to osteocalcin, which helps actually our bones get calcium into our bones, increasing bone density, as well as protecting our cardiovascular system. It's not something we really get through our diet, unfortunately, unless we're eating some very specific foods that a lot of people don't eat in this country. But K2 is really, really, really awesome because what we're doing is we're making sure that the calcium that's in our system is going where it's supposed to go. Right. So it's activating certain components that protect our cardiovascular system, or it's helping the calcium actually get to specific parts of our bones where maybe it's not just hanging out in our cardiovascular system and causing problems, which when it goes to certain parts of our body, like kidneys or bladder, or whatever, maybe it can cause problems. Absolutely. 
So what he's saying is if you take D3 with K2, yeah, you're less likely to get those complications. So obviously vitamin D is extremely important and it's also included in our product called immune support. So I kind of want to build on that and transition to immune support, which we also talked about in the past episode, but let's kind of break down the main ingredients in immune support, which I would say is kind of the next most important product to take for immune health. So we have mitochondrial complex D, or you can take immune support, which has the D3 in it. But what else is in immune support? Yeah, immune support was formulated, obviously, with the demand in immune supporting products, ironically enough, right? (laughs) But if we talk about kind of what people are recommending to take, it's a lot of these very foundational immune supplements, which are vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, N-acetylcysteine, and quercetin. And the reason we want to take these is this is the prime example of your metabolic reserve, which I know I've talked about a million times. (laughs) But the metabolic reserve, again, is it's your gas tank. It's, hey, I don't know when I'm going to come in contact with something. Right. I don't know if it's going to be the next time I leave my my apartment or the next time I, you know, do whatever it is. I'm going to come in contact with something eventually. I'm not saying any particular viruses, right? I'm talking about just anything that could challenge our immune system. And that when I leave and I get in contact with something or something gets brought home or whatever it is, my body is immediately going to start having a predetermined immune response that it's going to follow these steps that are basically ingrained into our system with the end result, especially the viruses, end result of making antibodies. Our body wants to create some sort of protection. So the next time we see that, we're ready to face it just a little bit quicker without having to tax the entire system. And every step of that process, your body is basically in a way going to go out and look for specific micronutrients. It's not going to actively have a little helper that goes out and grabs them. But what I'm getting at is that the more our gas tank is full, the better off this escalate we filled with mitochondrial complex (laughs) is going to be ready to make that trip. Is that when we come in contact with specific viruses or specific whatever, specific challenges to our immune system, we're going to have that gas tank as full as possible. So our body can go look for these things and they're ready to go and we can just plug it in and boom, we're done. Is that we want to make sure that when we're getting challenges to our immune system, we have all the micronutrients ready so we can perform this. So vitamin D, we just talked about high levels of vitamin D have been correlated with reduced bad outcomes for certain things. I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) Vitamin C is an antioxidant. It's a major antioxidant in our body. So as our immune system starts to ramp itself up, it too, depending on the amount of energy that it's drawing from these mitochondria, it too will create free radicals. It'll create oxidative stress. So vitamin C helps to do that. Zinc actually inhibits viral replication in certain different mechanisms. So the viruses actually attach themselves to the host cells, inject their genetic material, starts to replicate, and then spits it back out and makes a whole bunch of other little viruses, which we don't want, right? We want those viruses to go away. Zinc is able to do that. So zinc is able to get in and basically block, A, the adhesion of those viruses to that cell, but then zinc inside of the cell is able to disrupt the entire pathway of the virus making more viruses, essentially. So the more zinc we can get in, especially in times where maybe we might be exposed to something like wintertime coming up here, right? We're cold and flu seasons turning around. I can't believe we're already talking about that. The time is flying, but zinc is able to do that. Quercetin, it's basically like zinc's little friend, right? Because zinc, for whatever reason, doesn't like to get into cells. Our cells don't like to bring in zinc for whatever reason. But quercetin acts as what's called a zinc ionophore. So it's able to basically grab zinc, hold its hand and say, no, I'm coming with you or you're coming with me. I'm going over here and I want you to come with me. So it attaches itself to zinc and then the body likes, for whatever reason, the cells like quercetin better than they like zinc. So it helps bring zinc into cells, basically shuttles it right across the membrane, which is really exciting. And then N-acetylcysteine, precursor to glutathione, master antioxidant. When our immune system is ramping up and creating oxidative stress, and again, that oxidative stress, these little electrons that can cause damage to other cells or to cause damage to other systems, we want to neutralize that as much as possible. We want to make sure that this immune system can basically bounce back and keep going. 
right? Stay in the game and keep playing, right? So what we're doing is we're using an acetylcysteine to raise glutathione levels in the body. And when we do that, we're able to help our immune system reduce some of the stress in our immune system. Absolutely. And it's all in one. It's all included in immune support. Literally. Yeah, literally. And that's yeah. why we named it immune support because this is basically everything you need for immune support. Great name. <laughs> I, I will also mention that these are the five ingredients that America's frontline doctors has recommended over the last couple of years for the epidemic, I'll say, pandemic, whatnot. So I absolutely advocate for this in my patients. And I'll also just make a plug to say that this is safe for those who are pregnant and nursing. So that's why it was formulated this way. I believe there's like 2,500 IUs of D3 in it. So you may need a little extra, but if you're getting some from your multivitamin, whatnot, for each patient, we can just kind of add up to see what they're getting and decide if they need more. Some people still need 5,000 on top of that, but at least it's giving you something. So this was meant to be that answer. What can I give to pretty much anyone? Pregnant, breastfeeding, older, younger, it doesn't matter. This is meant to be a good answer for pretty much anyone. Our patients are loving it. Let's build on that kind of transitioning to a little more about gut health. So I want to talk about probiotics and then something called SBIGG. So we know that the large majority of our immune system lies within our gut. So can you expand on that and kind of talk about why probiotics can also support our immune system? And then we'll get to SBIGG too. Yeah, because from a functional perspective, there's really three things that we can do, three main areas that we can do that help really maximize immune function, talking about taking supplementation. The first one is building a good gut barrier, which is what we're going to basically hit on here. We're building a good gut barrier function, which we'll talk about why. The second one is hitting our metabolic reserves. So making sure that we're including enough in our gas tank. I know I keep saying that. It's a good analogy, though. We're including enough in our gas driving tank. Driving home. The listeners will remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Literally <laughs> drive it as well. Yeah. <laughs> And then the last one is removing triggers, removing things that overstimulate our immune system. Because for whatever reason, when our immune system keeps getting poked and keeps running at a million miles an hour, it kind of freaks out sometimes and does things we don't want it to do, right? So what we're trying to do with probiotics and as well as SBIGG, which also removes, is build a very healthy gut barrier function. I know it's kind of weird to think about for some people, but if you think about it, your GI tract is an interface with the outside world. We have one entrance and one exit and everything that goes through there <laughs> needs to be processed by the body. Because if that was left unguarded, if that was left unprotected, we would just let a lot of really nasty things come through our GI system that otherwise cause problems, right? And otherwise would hit these pathways that cause inflammatory markers or maybe cause damage themselves or grow out of control. A lot of gram-negative bacteria would over populate or some of these things that would cause problems, right? Cause damage to our tissues. So what we're trying to do with probiotics is a very foundational protection. We're trying to say that we know that something is going to come in through our GI tract. We know that it may disrupt things because we just eat, we do, we consume things that are going through there. We want to make sure that we have as many good guys in there as possible to help keep the bad guys in check. Because from our functional perspective, when we look at our GI tract, I know we hear this a lot, depending on what podcast we listen to or blogs read or whatever it may be. I, I think, you know, I'm going to say that most of our immune system is housed in our gut. What we're talking about when we talk about that is about 80 to 90% of our immune system being things like dendritic cells and macrophages sitting in our GI tract, ready to catch whatever's going through and say, is this my friend? Is this something that I can trust? Is this good for me? Or is this something that's not going to be good for me and I need to process? Because when I have dendritic cells, they're just sitting there waiting. The analogy is kind of like kelp in the ocean. They're just sitting there waiting with a little handout. And when things flow by, they grab onto it and say, is this good or is this bad? And if it's bad, it's going to have a process that's, that's meant to neutralize it or meant to address it. And it's going to create these reactions that overstimulate the immune system sometimes, as well as drive inflammatory processes. And we always talk about health starts in our gut. We talked about that quite a bit in the last few episodes. And I know you've interviewed Dr. Vince Pedre and some of these other people who obviously are preaching that quite a bit. Health starts in our gut. That's a big way that we can make an impact in a lot of patients' lives is by starting by approaching with gut first. And the reason we can do that is when we 
reduce the amount of overactivation in the immune system and reduce the amount of inflammatory signaling that's coming from our GI tract, you see that happen throughout the rest of the body. So when we're able to reduce that immune overactivation in the GI tract, we're able to basically see skin health improve, neuroinflammation improves. We start seeing things in our, our brain that start to improve from a neurotransmitter perspective as well. We start to see these cardiovascular benefits. We start to see all of these things that happen in our system begin to basically help themselves when we help the gut first. And the reason we choose probiotics is it's a very easy way to defend all of these basically areas from bad guys overpopulate, right? I know I'm putting bad guys in air quotes, but we're basically saying we want to make sure that we've got our soldiers in there. So they're there ready to defend. So if something bad comes in, they're not just free willy to take over. Absolutely. Talk about the SBIGG. So when there are bad guys there. (laughs) So occasionally we do get bad guys there, right? It happens. It happens from time to time. And I've been a patient who's taken SBIGG myself. um, And I can tell you personally, from personal experience, it works. (laughs) But what it's doing is let's say, hey, let's assume that maybe some of these bad guys are going to take over in in amounts that maybe we don't want. Or we get something that just comes through even temporarily that might cause a problem. We want to make sure that we have something that goes in because the bacteria, the probiotics, what they're going to do is basically outcompete. They're going to see some open space and they're going to take it over and then outcompete the bad guys. But if there's bad guys there, they're not necessarily doing anything to stop those bad guys from potentially causing a problem. SBIGG, on the other hand, will go in there and stop those bad guys from creating a problem. And the way that it does this is it is a highly concentrated form of something called an immunoglobulin. And the immunoglobulins, what it is, is it's basically a pre-made immune system. Is that we're taking these immunoglobulins from a cow and the cow has already experienced a lot of these bacteria throughout the course of its life. So what it's done is its body has created these IgGs, these IgG immunoglobulins. And what it's doing is we're taking those, sending them through our GI tract, and anything that that cow was ever exposed to, it has these pre-made ready to go to bind to them in our system as well. And because we live in close proximity with cattle, you'd actually be surprised how similar a lot of these components that come through um, actually are. And we actually have a full binding list, which I believe we've gone over, um, a full binding list that actually talks about what this binds to. It's, it's incredible. It's, it's dozens of different uh, cell wall components and different you know, cell pieces that it's able to bind to that otherwise trigger the immune system. And it goes through, binds to them. And when they're bound to SBIGG, they no longer can bind to our own immune system. It's physically impossible. When SBI is going through and it's bound to them, physically impossible for them to engage with our immune system. And to my understanding, when it when those are bound to SBI, we call this product SBIGG, but to those immunoglobulins, it increases the size so that they're so large, they're not going to interact with our immune system. They're going to get excreted from the body, which is really the cool part, I think. The- so the analogy I use, and you guys will chuckle, I like to use analogies, <laughs> is if we decided that we want to play volleyball instead of recording a podcast, right? If we set up <laughs> a volleyball net and I gave you a golf ball and I said, Dr. Gray, I'm going to stand on the other side of the volleyball net, right? So picture a volleyball net with these nice big squares. I give you a golf ball and I say, Dr. Gray, throw that golf ball as hard as you can through that volleyball net as me and you hit me square in the face. What's going to happen? Is I, I'm going to get hit. <laughs> is I in the scenario would be dendritic cell. I would be the macrophage. I would be the immune cell that's sitting on the other side of our gut barrier. And you are, sorry, Dr. Gray, a gram-negative bacteria that has a toxin that you're releasing or something that triggers our immune system that you're releasing that is now hitting me. And I'm going to have an inflamed response. I'm going to have an immunological inflamed response. So that's obviously not something we want to do because we have spaces that things are meant to fit through in our GI tract. And we don't want these things coming through and interacting with me. I want to be left alone. So what we do is with SBIGG is it's like I gave you a beach ball and then I took your golf ball and I duct taped the whole thing together or I glued whatever way you want to think about it. I attached that golf ball to a beach ball. I said, okay, Dr. Gray, I know you got a pretty good arm, but throw it back at me again. (laughs) Throw that beach ball back at me again. What's going to happen? 
Not going to make it through the net. Yeah. Not going to make it through the net because we're not changing the size. And there are products we could talk about, about changing the size of these volleyball squares that will help kind of close those up and make that a little healthier. Right. But we're not talking about necessarily doing that. We're not talking about necessarily anything with the immune cell. What we're doing is we're starting before that and we're binding everything together. So it's physically too large. That's a really important part is now this beach ball is physically too large to get through that space. So in our GI tract, when we have these, they're called pathogen-associated molecular patterns or PAMPs, these things that trigger our immune system. When they're floating through our GI tract and SBIGG binds to them, they have a really strong affinity for each other, actually. When they bind to them, now they're it's the beach ball. Now it's the beach ball size at the cellular level. It's unable to interact with our immune system. Like you said, it's excreted right on out. And then the idea is that we're reducing the immune overactivation as well as the inflammatory pathways. It's really, really, really cool. So this is awesome for prevention, but also if you get sick, you can take very high doses of this. And like you have experienced. Which I have done. <laughs> and also fun fact, this is one of the products that has been manufactured in Iowa, right? And you, you were alluding to earlier that which pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. So SBIGG, um, this raw material is actually coming from a company that's here in Ankeny and the cows are actually living in Boone right now, which is great. So it's an Iowa product made in Iowa. Yep. So we've talked about probiotics. We've talked about SBIGG. Before immune support and SBIGG were available, we sold a lot of a product called Virusid, which we still sell. It's still available. It's entirely different from what we've already mentioned. So let's transition there. I know it has some herbs in it, which can support our immune system. So it's still that product still exists. It's still a great product. So let's go there. Can you talk a little bit about Virusid? The virus support, aka virusid, for those who are a little more familiar with ortho, but virus support, what this is, is this is more of the acute virus support that we'd necessarily be wanting to talk about. So a lot of these things we talked about before is foundational nutrition, filling up our gas tank, metabolic reserves, which I think I might have mentioned a couple of times. It's a joke, obviously, right? <laughs> but you know, we want to make sure that we, we're hitting those foundational buckets first. So we talked about that's kind of where we start first. But let's now let's say what happens if we encounter a problem. Because the approach when we encounter a problem is not going to be the same as the thing we're doing for the entire duration, hopefully, of cold and flu season or whatever it may be over the course of the winter. So now what we want to do is we want to talk about upregulating immune function, right, which we want to do from time to time or can do from time to time using certain agents as a way to basically say, hey, immune system, let's give you a little kick in the butt. We have something at our front door right now that we need to address. If it gets in our house, we're going to have a problem. So the way that virus support helps support the immune system is it has higher doses of specific raw materials like vitamin A, zinc. So I talked about earlier how zinc is able to disrupt some of that viral replication. Vitamin A plays a similar role. We want to give higher doses of that than maybe necessarily we to be taking every single day. Reason being is that we want to make sure that if we encounter some sort of seasonal challenge or whatever it may be, that we have some of those micronutrients at a higher level. So they're working more in acute fashion than they would be a preventative or prophylactic type option. And then from there, the way that they differ significantly, because that's actually how they're kind of similar, the way that they differ significantly is now we're talking about herbal formulations. We're talking about herbal raw materials, right? So earlier we talked about micronutrients, just getting some stuff in our system, micronutrients that we can use as a way to protect ourselves. Now we're talking about using herbal remedies to upregulate everything. And now we're talking about things like elderberry, which people are probably pretty familiar with, right? Um, companies, a lot of retail products have elderberry in them. Elderberry syrups are available. Sambucol is a big one, I believe. Um, it's got elderberry in it. Uh, you can buy it at a lot of grocery stores. There's also some other raw materials, something like astragalus, echinacea, um, that are in there that help support the immune system. And what they do, these three essentially together work to upregulate the number of immune cells that our body has available to it. So what they do is they actually kick up the number of CD4 and CD8 cell counts 
more in the short term as a way to basically say, hey, immune system, we need you to get going and we need you to get going now because there's something, again, at our front door that we don't want to get in our house because that could be a problem. So as opposed to saying, hey, let's make sure the gas tank is going, now we're hitting the nitrous button and we're saying, hey, we got to go fast. <laughs> so if you have the flu, right, you can dose virus at every couple hours for the first 24 hours to really try to stop that viral replication and stop yourself from getting pretty sick. But because of the vitamin A concentration in this product, this is one that I will say is not safe for those who are pregnant or breastfeeding. So just FYI. And some of those herbal products, herbal raw materials, we necessarily don't want to take as well. So a lot of listeners are going to say, okay, this is all great. Sounds great. Now I know what to take, but what about my kids? So I do want to briefly just mention for kids kind of what we have in those foundational buckets. So we do have a vitamin D for kids. We have the vitamin D drops there at a lower concentration than the adults. We have a couple different kid probiotic products, and there is a multivitamin for kids called Super Nudes. Do you want to expand on any of those? And then I want to talk about Immumax and, and Virakid. But just from a foundational standpoint. The good news is, is from a foundational standpoint, it's actually the exact same conversation as for adults, right? Obviously, we're just talking about lower doses because the kiddos' bodies are a lot smaller. So they have really cute names and they're really great. But the uh, the kids' versions of all of these products, essentially, it's what we've talked about before, but chewable, right? So they're in chewable tablets. Um, and then Immumax, which we'll talk about as a liquid. But these are obviously a, not capsules because we don't, there's a choking hazard associated, right? But what we've done is we've taken all of the things we just talked about and condensed it down into kids' version. So we're still talking about gut barrier function. We're still talking about benefiting with probiotics. We're still talking about the importance of vitamin D at a lower dose, but the importance of vitamin D through a liquid. We're still talking about foundational metabolic reserves and talking about how much gas we have in our gas tank using a multivitamin like supernus. All the whole conversation we just had is, is perfect. It applies to the exact same thing. And even children can take SBIGG. I know when my son has yeah, a little bit yeah. of a diaper, well, he doesn't wear diapers anymore, but a little diaper rash from time to time. <laughs> Time. If I give him SBIGG, yeah. he asks, he literally says, mom, can I have SBIGG, my butt itches? <laughs> I mean, he'll, he'll ask for it because he, he knows that it just clears it right up. It's kind of funny <laughs> when he's older, I'm it. sure That's he great. won't appreciate me sharing them. <laughs> but he takes, the pro- <laughs> he takes our uh, probiotics as well. They are free of dairy. There's a, a coconut-based product, chewable. It tastes like an orange creamsicle. It's delicious. He asks for that as well. I actually have those. I take those. They're delicious. They're delicious. They really, they really are. <laughs> yeah, they're so good. Uh, and then above and beyond that, there is a, I would say also a delicious kind of purple chewable product called Virakid, uh, which is similar to some of the adult products we've talked about. And I think it's it's a little similar to Immumax as well. So can you talk about those two products? So if you're listening and your children have been getting sick, whatnot, um, there are some additional products that they can take beyond the supernutes, which is the multivitamin, vitamin D, probiotics, SBIGG. So yeah, Thomas, share about those products. Yeah, because it's the same thing we've been talking about, which is great, right? Because now we can split it up in a foundation and put some names to it and then say more of the acute support that we talk about. <laughs> Got to be careful what I say, right? But the acute support that we've been talking about, now we can put some names to it. So that foundational stuff is exactly like we were just talking about. Supernutes, multivitamin, if people want to write it down again or whatever it may be. Um, Supernutes, um, which is going to be our multivitamin. Then we have Florabites and some of these other products that are going to help be kids' probiotics. And then we got a vitamin D. Right. We would say the same thing is available to kids, which is fantastic. But then we also have products that are saying, hey, if someone's challenged, if their immune system is challenged, we want to make sure that we have some more acute support. And then they can, again, give a little kick in the butt because we're talking about little bodies here. If we give a little kick in the butt <laughs> to get some of those immune cells upregulated, we have two options. So we have Virakid, which is a chewable. And this is probably my favorite chewable just based on taste. It is delicious. I don't know if you tried that one with William. Uh, oh, I have. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Oh, yeah. It turns his mouth purple, but it's good. <laughs> 
<laughs> it does. Yeah. Which kids love, right? <laughs> but it's, it's absolutely delicious. It has a great name, which I love. And it's essentially virused dose down or virus support dose down for children. So it's vitamin A, zinc, not at super high doses, right? Because we obviously want to be sensitive to our body size here, but vitamin A and zinc, as well as elderberry echinacea astragalus. It's all of the same raw materials that we just talked about with virus SID, which is virus support dose down for children. And then Immumax kind of follows a similar idea where we're still talking about um, a, a few different things in there, but for the most part, it's still that elderberry and echinacea, which is meant to upregulate immune function. This one's available as a liquid. It's very similar when we look at it from face value to viral kid, but both of them are fantastic products for this time of year. And that has B propolis in it, doesn't it? Is that the yeah. other the difference? Yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember. There's some anti-inflammatories in there um, as well. It's a slightly different approach, but they fall under the same umbrella. So for kids, there you go. There are your answers. This is exactly what I wanted to do. Just an episode on here are the products. Here's what you should take. Let's lay the foundation, right? And then if you get sick, here's what else you can take. So um, I am just briefly going to add one more thing to that. Uh, our listeners know we love silver. Um, we saw a lot of silver at our, our clinic as well. So that's something that can also be taken for prevention or if you get sick, it can be taken multiple times per day. If you need help with dosing, talk to your clinician. I mean, it's pretty safe to say you can take what's on the label, but please talk to your clinician as well because sometimes we will dose up or down certain products. Um, but this was all extremely helpful. So Anything else you want to mention, Thomas, or do you feel like we wrapped it all up well here? I think we did good. Uh, we didn't talk for two hours this time, which is great. But <laughs> all, almost um, an hour. I know we get excited and we start we start nerding out and talking about supplements, which I love. Yeah, I would just say, you know, for not only foundational health and not just for your immune system, but just everything, everything that we could talk about, whether it's gut health or cardiovascular function, or whatever, there are foundational products that we can focus on. So I would say, yeah, it's really important as we head in. I'm not saying cold and flu season, not saying for any particular viruses, whatever it may be, but as we head into these times where we're going to be challenged, make sure that we're just checking some of these boxes. You know, if we look at costs, we look at whatever it may be. It's much more fun to spend a little bit of money to take some supplements than it is to get sick a bunch of times over the next few months. So agreed. So <laughs> listeners, yeah. fill up your tank. Thomas, tell us where listeners can find you. Are you on social media? Yeah. So a really great place to look for me is LinkedIn. I post a lot of related material as it relates to immune function or as it relates to whatever, maybe kind of timely topics, um, as well as some fun science stuff that's going on with ortho there. Um, so if you want to look for me, you can obviously just search my name, Thomas Pennell, um, and I'll provide you a link for that. But that's probably the best way to look for some of this stuff. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Top longevity tip. Metabolic reserves. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Fill up your tank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm keeping it the same from last time. I would say that, you know, it, you're going to be challenged. I am going to be challenged. Dr. Gray, you're going to be challenged. MR bodies are going to be challenged, whether it's physiological stress or whatever it may be over the course of our lifetime. And the best way to protect ourselves is to make sure that we're filling up our metabolic reserves and we're making sure that we're keeping that gas tank as full as possible because you never know when you need to jump in that car and start driving. Uh, yeah, mic drop. That was a great way to conclude the show. So thank you so much for you just being a wealth of knowledge. And thank you for sharing what supplements are available for us, right, to not get sick, hopefully, but also thank you for sharing what we can take to ultimately reduce severity and duration of illness and help us not get chronic disease in general. So this was awesome. Exactly. Listeners wanted. So thanks so much. Well, thank you, Dr. Gray. There you have it, folks. Fill up your tank building your metabolic and immune reserves with nutrients in products like mitochondrial complex, vitamin D, and immune support. And add to this with probiotics, SBIGG, virus support, and silver. 
I will post links to all these products and the children's products mentioned today in the show notes. Use code don't get sick. That's don't get sick with no apostrophes for 10% off anything mentioned today. And to take your immune health up even further a notch, if you're local, consider scheduling a vitamin C IV therapy session at the Integrative Health and Hormone Clinic. This is always great to do prior to or after traveling. And lastly, consider listening to episode 96 with Dr. Vincent Pedre on gut health. Be sure to check out my book, Your Longevity Blueprint. And if you aren't much of a reader, you're in luck. You can now take my course online where I walk you through each chapter in the book. Plus, for a limited time, the course is 50% off. Check this offer out at yourlongevityblueprint.com and click the course tab. One of the biggest things you can do to support the show and help us reach more listeners is to subscribe to the show. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I do read all the reviews and would truly love to hear your suggestions for show topics, guests, and for how you're applying what you've learned on the show to create your own longevity blueprint. This podcast is produced by Team Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, wellness is waiting. The information provided in this podcast is educational. No information provided should be considered to be or used as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always consult with your personal medical authority.